to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, Joe. You know the phrase, we can't have nice things? <laughs> People normally say that when things don't go well here in New Orleans Pelicans. We're not going to get those calls. We haven't earned them. What are we complaining about? Eight straight loss. We'll talk about that. And on the Saints front, Alvin Kamara in practice. I warned you a little bit about that yesterday. And where that concern level should... Uh, should sort of be, but you know, is what it is. So we'll touch on all of that and more. Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Sports Hangover, the 11th of November. And if you write out the dates, it's 11 11 2 1, right? So anyway, maybe that's just cool enough for me. Hey, guess who's back? Cam Newton, quarterback for your Carolina Kitty Cats. Matt Rule's had enough. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not, I'm not saying. That he's not a good coach. I I just it, it's why I just hmm, let's see. When everybody was like, Coach O's going, bring in Joe Brady. Okay, he's basically almost benched Brady the last two weeks. Not loving him anymore. They don't they don't know they have no clue what they want to be on offense. They don't know what quarterback they want. Teddy Two Gloves is our guy. Teddy Two Gloves see you. Teddy Two Gloves, the beginning of the season, the offseason in Denver said we didn't even we didn't even work on third down or red zone in practice. That's what he said last year at Carolina. Matt Rule. They didn't work on third down and red zone. Sean Payton dedicates Friday to third down and red zone. Like a whole day. Sam Darnold's our guy. This is after, of course, everybody else was our guy. Who's available? Stafford. He's our guy. No, goes to LA. I mean, it, name it. Deshaun Watson, he's like, well, maybe no. Maybe the PR may not be that good. Maybe not. Or before the trade deadline. They have no idea who they want at quarterback. So here in comes Cam Newton. He's back. So, yes, I, I don't know if he's going to play this Sunday. But, you know, I guess Darnold's injured. And I'm doing the air quotes. Anyway, look, that's one of the stories this morning. And, of course, obviously we will talk about the Saints and the injury report that Came out yesterday, and look, it was a bit of a, I said a heads up, a heads up. Remember, on Tuesday, was it Josh Adams, the running back, was signed. Nick Underhill of New Orleans.Football said, hey, heads up here. You know, it, it may not be a, 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 a sign or a hint here, but, you know, signing our running back, Alvin Kamara, was banged up a bit. Now, he said yesterday that it's a mild sprain as... On the injury report, Alvin Kamara is listed as not participating with a knee injury. So, for what it's worth, that's where it is. Mild sprain, whatever sprain, that guy, that important, you're not playing him Sunday. Not saying he can't heal up. Not saying he won't heal up. I'm just, I'm asking you as a Saints fan with nine games to go, are you, are you, are you playing him with any kind of knee issue? Much less a sprain. That's just me. Gus got to win again. I know. I hear you. But I don't need a, a mild knee sprain to turn into a severe knee sprain or a knee issue or knee tear. 
That's just me, overly cautious. C.J. Gardner-Johnson did not practice as well. Foot. Oh, my goodness. Peyton Turner. You saw him go down with the shoulder. He already is playing with a gargantuan right arm elbow brace. Um, did not practice. What is it with what is it with defensive ends on that side? Marcus Davenport battled injuries most of his first three years here in New Orleans, and now Peyton Turner cannot stay on the field. Stinks. I want to see him play. Um, Alvin Kamara, as we mentioned, did not practice. Teron Armstead did not practice. Knee and shoulder. Limited was Ty Montgomery, hamstring. Carl Granderson, shoulder limited. And Ryan Ramchek, non-injury related, was limited. Maybe it's got the sniffles. Either way, that's your Saints injury report. Titans still favored by three, which is somewhat remarkable when I was talking about it with somebody earlier this morning on another show. Despite everything, literally everything, an offense that could not catch the football, right? A offense that struggled with the offensive line as injuries, I know the quarterback is, all that other stuff. Still only a three-point underdog on the road. It's a lot of respect for the Saints, huh? A lot of respect for Sean Payton. A lot of respect for Sean Payton, especially coming off of Sunday's beating of the Rams. With that defense, like, I'm just being honest. That, that, that is, that's tomorrow's show, right? That's, that's the key to the game. Real easy. <laughs> Block. Stafford and the Rams couldn't. 14 points in like 30 seconds. I, I, I didn't even warm up my dinner. Not even taking a sip of beverage. I sat down at 14 points by the Titans against the Rams Sunday night. I'm like, what happened? Pressure in the end zone. Stafford throws it, pick, touchdown to play later. Next possession, throws, pick six. Like, seriously. So, yeah, I'm leery. A little nervous. And if you don't have AK, it's going to be Ingram all day. I mean, you just run in. It's just gonna, look, it's not going to be one of those pretty games for sure. But get out of there with the win if you can. So we'll touch on that. Obviously, Ross Jackson, just on Thursdays, Locked On Saints. We'll talk to him about the, the latest developments, the injury reported, and also Cam Newton coming back to the NFC South. Also coming up at 1230, your fantasy football questions, Ben Heisler. And as we do on Thursdays during the college football season, we like to talk to a couple of voices. Chris Blair, voice of your LSU Fighting Tigers. Hey, good effort. Not, not, not like the Heat kid, nice job, good effort, but kind of like it, right? It was still a loss, but good job, great effort. And we'll talk about the upcoming game for the Tigers as well as they got to get back into action. And then, of course, we will also talk about the Tulane Green Wave. It's homecoming, three games left for them. And it's Tulsa. Golden Hurricanes are favored. We'll talk to him about that. And also, he called the win. That's the Tulane Green Wave men's basketball team and a Nichols basketball team. As many wins as uh, <clears throat> your New Orleans Pelicans. That's my transition. Jay Walker, by by the way, UL's voice. We'll talk to him at 145. Lee Sterling, 215. Chip Patterson, 230. All right, let's get to it. 108-100. OKC wins. Uh... Two things in this game stand out. A 21-point deficit that the Pels overcame enough to make interesting in the fourth quarter. And to that point, Coach Green... At some point in the third quarter. 
where they stretched the lead out on us and then we put our heads down and just said, okay, enough is enough. You saw us get back into the game pretty quickly once that happened. But we can't wait to the third quarter. We got to do it for four quarters. The other main thing out of this game that people will talk about will be the second quarter. A 28-19 Thunder quarter that was mired in technical fouls. Five of them. Josh Hart got ejected. Valanchunas got a T. Jackson Hayes got a T. Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, tweeted, if this is NBA officiating, it's going to drive people away. It was a bad quarter. And yes, you can call 800-998-1003 and tell me the referees stink. I'm not going to tell you they don't. But this is interesting. This was Coach Green after the game. Question. By the graph. First question. Coach. The the T's. Well, actually, he talked about the positives briefly. And then the graph asked about the five technical fouls. Our, our guys thought they got fouled, and we did get the call. Um, however, we're not going to get those calls. We haven't earned them. So what are we complaining about? Until we earn it, we're not going to get that. That's the deal. I'll talk to our guys about it. We have to keep our composure. Our margin for error is too small to do what we did tonight. Okay. Um, Coach Green continued about the effort by the team. As the leader, what do you have to do now as a reaction to that? Call them up. Tomorrow in practice, you just call them up. Not out, but up. Up is, we're better than this. We're better than to come home and get down 21 on our home floor. But our approach has to be better. My approach has to be better. I got to get the team prepared to play. And I did, I did a poor job tonight. Look, if we're being honest, it, it's tough to watch sometimes. But when you compound things by getting tossed and being gone out, look, granted, you know, you take a quick snapshot. I didn't see the game, Gus. What are you talking about? Well, look, Valentunas gave you 25. We'll talk about Valley here in a second. JV's been your guy. He's not supposed to be your leading scorer. But he has been. Congrats and big ups to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Easily the positive last night. 33 points, 4 of 10 from three-point land. 9 and 11 from the charity stripe. 10 of 22. Um, Coach Willie Green had something positive to say about him. Great. Great to see Nikhil be aggressive, be confident, shoot open shots, and just play the right way. That's what he did. And when he does that, he's capable of having games that, like he had tonight. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Low turnover game for him. No turnovers. So that's that's the Nikhil that, you know, maybe he doesn't have 33 every night, but he's capable of having big nights if he just continues to play solid. I'm proud of him. Proud of the, of the way that he played. So you get 33 from him again. Josh Hart got tossed in 15 minutes of action. No, he gave you 4 points. Garrett Temple in 29 minutes of action gave you 3. Valanchunas, 25. Devontae Graham, 18. In your perfect world starting lineup, Valley getting you 25. Graham, 18. Nikhil, 33. I'll take 20. Brandon Ingram and Zion give you 20. That's a starting five that can compete every night. 
when two of your starting five can't get to six points. It's hard. Now let me get to the bench. I'm not being ugly. Is Sid Aransky an NBA player? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm not being ugly, am I? Goodness gracious. I, I'm texting Dino. Do you, can you go shoot a three? I mean, more balls are hitting the ring. I've seen air balls, bricks left, bricks right, and they were open looks. Not contested. This team just sorely lacks scoring, shooting. You can at me all you want. You know how I feel about Hayes. I, I'm calling around. That's me. That's me. That's me. Maybe it's too early to give up. I'm just, I'm calling around. Schmidt Dua has posted some plus minuses that isn't good because it's all minuses with Kyra. I, I, two points with him. Minus 20 on the plus minus in 13 minutes. He was one of seven from the floor, 0 for 3 beyond distance. They get you two assists and two steals, but again, you want a seven. I, somebody's got to score off the bench. Sadoransky, 0 for 3. Lewis, 0 for 3. Hayes, you know, I guess it was two for two. Hey. I just don't feel like he impacts the game. That's just me. Herbert Jones did play 32. Got you four points, two steals, four assists, six boards, a block. And it's tough to look at Trey Murphy right now. I, one of four from distance. I mean, he looks bad shooting those threes. They were bad misses. But your bench, and again, yeah, you can look at the plus minus and say it matters and it doesn't. I, I'm just just telling you. Jones was plus eight. That's not not expected, right? Always a positive when he's on the court. Hayes minus six. Lewis minus 20. Sato had a positive and plus one. <laughs> Maybe because he got some boards. I don't know. And Murphy was minus 17. I just You're getting absolutely nothing. And again, Herb came off the bench. He should be starting. I, I, I don't know the love affair. Look, and I'm not being ugly. I, I don't know why Garrett Temple's getting 29 minutes. I don't hate LSU. But in 29 minutes, if the best you can give me is 0 for 5 from the floor, 0 for 1 from distance, and 3 points. Can, can I not find that? Well, I don't know. I guess I can't find that off the bench. <laughs> I don't know. It's frustrating, man. It's absolutely frustrating, Coach Green. Like I said, we competed. The guys that were on the floor competed. We played hard. We shared the ball, 24 assists, nine turnovers. But it just is not enough when, number one, we're not full, we're not healthy, and we're losing guys. It's not enough. We all have to be in it together. And if we lose one main guy like we did tonight, it hurts us. Somehow somebody got to play harder. How do you do that, Coach? As the leader, what do you have to do now to, as a reaction to that? Call him up. Call him up. So maybe that's a new phrase. I don't know. Um, he was visibly frustrated easily the most of all the games. Final bite, and then we'll go to break and bring in Ross Jackson. Coach was asked, why is he so frustrated? Is it the losing streak now eight? Is it another loss? What is it? It's this game. It's not the losing streak. It's not one quarter. It's the way we our approach to this game. 
And there was moments in the game where we had guys on the floor that just didn't compete hard enough for me, hard enough for our team. And that's a non-negotiable for me. That's the deal. That's where we are. And I, as, as the leader of this team, I can't have that. I can't have guys on the floor if they're not going to give 110%. Got to hit the break. I hadn't even gotten to the tweet and report from Bleach Report yesterday that in the Sacramento road game, apparently David Griffin got into an altercation that they had to be physically separated, him and former head coach Alvin Gentry, with something that Alvin Gentry told him. I'll get to that by the end of the show. How about something positive? How about a little little, little K-ish in your pockets for Christmas, huh? Go to DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's coming soon to Louisiana at the end of the month. Thanksgiving's two weeks away. It's around that time that I've been told that it's going to go live. So you got to do it before then. Because if you sign up, DraftKings Sportsbook, and you do it before it goes live, $100 in free bets is coming your way just for signing up. Here's the best part. No deposit required. Even Jordan can afford this. DraftKings wants to bring that experience of being a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world. So they went ahead and created one of America's top-rated sportsbooks apps, DraftKings Sportsbooks. So DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app. Put in the code LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E. It's where our station's based out of. So LaRose, Louisiana, get it? So put in LaRose, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and away you go. $100 in free bets will be credited to you just for signing up before mobile sports betting hits Louisiana and goes live, which I've been told is around Thanksgiving weekend. So go do that. 100 bucks coming your way. You don't even have to deposit anything. Just sign up. That easy. Put in the code LaRose. Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. We'll talk about the black and gold next on ESPN New Orleans. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is currently open and here to serve our community with a fresh new inventory arriving daily and over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles. If you have any questions regarding vehicle replacement or you're looking to purchase a new vehicle, we are here to help. Stop by 220 South Hollywood Road or give us a call at 985-876-7210 or visit GregLeBlancToyota.com. GregLeBlancToyota.com. We are Homa Strong. Strong. 
Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Uh, well, everybody knows who he is. You know, he's not no little name anywhere. So, um, a lot of you know, we get it more from the fans than anybody else. You know, try to do our part to get Odell, but. Um, you know, Odell's smart. He's going to go where he feels like he's most wanted. And I've, he's from Louisiana, so, you know, everybody wants to come play for his home team. And, you know, we'll take him. I mean, we ain't never going to deny anybody. But, um, you know, this week, if he comes, then great. If he doesn't come, then that's great as well. You know, we got to work on getting prepared for Tennessee. We are our OBJ Watch, no longer on Cam Newton Watch. Ross Jackson joins us on Thursdays to talk a little black and gold. Locked on Saints, you know the podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Ross, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, man. Glad to be here with you. How are you holding up? Doing fine, man. We'll get to the team in a quick second, but are you surprised by the news that Cam Newton is now a Carolina Panther again? I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I figured, look, if Cam Newton was going to get back into the NFL at any point, it was going to be with the Carolina Panthers, but I wasn't sure the Carolina Panthers were going to go for bringing him back. But I'm glad to see the reunion. I'm somebody that has a lot of respect for Cam Newton, and so I look forward to seeing him get back out on the football field, and it'll be interesting because unlikely he hits the field this weekend considering the timeline, but next weekend he'll be taking on former coach Ron Rivera and the Washington football team at the Bank of America Stadium. So that'll certainly be must-see Look, TV for sure. It, it makes sense. Injury is a, a big thing that, that makes mm-hmm. these type of decisions kind of happen. Look, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, for whatever, oh, how they feel about him, which we can get to in a quick sec, he's going to be out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. But I get the sense that, that Matt Rule and, and Joe Brick, they don't know what kind of quarterback they want and who they want, right? Yeah, I mean, no one, no one quarterback that's going to take snaps for this team throughout this season is is really alike, right? Sam Darnold, PJ Tucker, and then now Cam Newton—they're all vastly different quarterbacks, and they're all vastly different quarterbacks than who Teddy Bridgewater was for them last year as well. And so, I think that you know, a little bit of an identity crisis at the most important position on the field is not great. Uh, but you know, <laughs> if nothing else, they'll have a lot of variety. <laughs> they'll get an idea of what it is that they want maybe moving forward. But uh, certainly some an interesting collection of quarterbacks that they've rolled out so far. And interesting to see none of them really pan out thus far as well. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe Cam Newton slips back into his you know um, usual rhythms uh, with that team. All right, so let's talk about the black and gold because uh, the Panthers don't come up until the second-to-last game for the Saints. In the meantime, boy, they got to get some stuff together here. Uh just, I haven't, I haven't gotten your thoughts, so let's let's start there. How, how frustrating was what you saw Sunday? Because I, 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 it took me a lot Monday to just. I, I know, I don't think I'm still over it. I like they didn't show up, man. Two of the three games at home, they've just played lousy football. Giants and Falcons. I, that's how I feel. Calm me down. No, I mean, I mean, you know, look, I completely understand the frustration around all of it. 
Um, it, it was a game to where you know you you can see the things and easily identify and diagnose the issues that were had, and a lot of them felt like they were avoidable issues. I mean, you get a couple of catches on those third downs that were you know drops or incompletions, and all of a sudden you could be talking about an entirely different first half that wouldn't have led to an 18 point hole by the time you got into the fourth quarter or as you got into the fourth quarter. So I think there's a lot of things that you can see that. Are, are thankfully fixable and diagnosable. It would be worse if it was, you know, sort of a situation where you couldn't really tell what was going wrong or why it went wrong. I, I feel like there was a lot of clarity here in terms of the, you know, uh, issues, in terms of the inefficiency of the skill position, um, you know, the big plays, six plays of 20-plus yards given up by the, the Saints defense, inefficiency in the red zone, which is really unique for them as the best red zone defense coming into this game, allowing touchdowns only 44% of red zone possessions. All of a sudden they gave up three red zone touchdowns, and then now they turn their focus to a Tennessee Titans team that prided itself on being you know, an inefficient team, but still a team that was three of three, perfect in the red zone in their big win against the Los Angeles Rams. So you can't right. have the same types of issues and lapses this coming week that you had last week. It's one thing that literally I do honestly believe you mean the intern could catch a ball. I, I honestly do. I mean, more <laughs> often, like at least odds-wise, if there's 10 games, goes to the NFL, I'm telling you, if a ball hits me as a shot, I'm going to catch it. <laughs> That's frustrating. But, Ross, what's so frustrating is the line didn't play well. I mean, you kind of alluded to it right then and there. You're false starting at home. You're, you're missing blocks. Everyone wants to blame Sean for switching the quarterbacks back and forth. Taysom Hill would have got pelated in the back. Teron Armstead said he had a bad rep. Great. Turned into a fumble and a touchdown that cost him the game. The line's been inconsistent. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I, I've, the way that I've kind of looked at it is that you can look at the overall numbers and the overall, overall numbers are in favor of the New Orleans Saints, right? They're second in the NFL right now when it comes to ESPN pass block win rate. That's great. They only allowed they allowed less than ten pressures in this game against Atlanta, but there's a difference between and this is a nuance of football that I love so much. You can look at the overall numbers, you can say, oh, they're performing extremely well, but you have to look at sort of the degree to which the inefficiencies do show up. Right, a sack on third down is a much bigger deal than a sack on first down in some cases. A sack in the fourth quarter is a much bigger deal than a sack in the first quarter in many cases, and so you look at the you know the one sack that was given up in this one or the big sack that was given up in this one, Teron Armstead took some some fault for it and you know and tried to take accountability for it, as did uh, Trevor Simeon who said that he took his his drop step back too far too much depth in his drop back that's something to to consider as well when you have a you know quarterback that's starting in your system for the first time, but either way, to give up a sack is one thing but to give up a strip sack in recovery therefore a turnover is a whole other thing right so it's one of those things where perhaps the the number of times that something goes wrong with this offensive line or, or in this offense's uh, execution is is not very high, but the sort of quality of those things that go wrong tends to sometimes trend to being of, of greater detriment. And so I think that that is something to consider. And again, I love the nuances of football so much because you can look at them and you can say, okay, yeah, it was maybe eight pressures. But what were the circumstances, the scenarios, what's the nuance behind each of those eight pressures? And we certainly saw that there are situations where you don't have to give up a ton, but when you give them up an important situation, that can end up changing the complexion of a game. Speaking with Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. So that, that was one aspect of it. And look, I, you, I guess you have to give credits where credit is due, even though it literally nauseates me. But the Falcons had an incredible game plan <laughs> in the first quarter to second quarter, really. 
and in using formations like Sean's done in the past to really put the defense out of position. Look, when Quan Alexander's on the sideline guarding somebody, right. that's not where you want Quan Alexander at. And it took them a while for them to figure that out. Is that something other teams may try to do? Because, dude, they, they did some things that really made the Saints defense look lost. And it was essentially, it was the P&P show. It was Patterson and Pitts. Like, that's all they were doing. Yeah, and, you know, those are the two players to key in on here was that, you know, that was, right. it was going to be their, their game. They were, they, were, they were the guys, you know. Um, and, and, you know, Arthur Smith and, and this, this uh, you know, Atlanta Falcons team came in with a really good game plan. And, you know, will other teams try to do it? Uh, there's the potential there, but, you know, roster makeup, game script, all of these things, right, do, do you have the players to pull it off? Because not every team has a Kyle Pitts that can Very true. line up in line, line up in the slot, line up out wide. Not every team has a Cordero Patterson that can line up in the slot, line up out wide, that can play in line for you if you need it in two, that can line up in the backfield, right? So you have to have those chess pieces in order to do it. So, you know, you look at the uh, Tennessee Titans coming up this weekend, they have two very talented receivers, but they're not going to be able to move around to three or four spots in the same way that Cordero Patterson and, and, and Kyle Pitts can. But they happen to be extremely good receivers as well in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So, you know, there, there is the opportunity there to be able to stretch a little bit. But what makes it a little bit tougher is when you have a guy like a Taysom Hill or a Cordell Patterson who can start lined up in the backfield, draw man-to-man coverage from a linebacker, and then move in motion to out wide to bring that linebacker out on the perimeter and enforce that linebacker to play effectively as a, a wide corner, right, a perimeter corner, a boundary corner. So you're not going to really do that with guys like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, but those types of game plans are things that are increasing more and more and more in the NFL and that defenses, modern defenses, have to be prepared for. All right, let's do it. Um, how much should I be panicked that Alvin Kamara may not play this way? I mean, in practice yesterday, anything to do with the knee, man, I, I'm taking a ton of caution. I wouldn't yeah. play him on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of feel feel similarly. I mean, you know, I, I think that you brought you traded for uh, uh, Mark Ingram, and you brought him to New Orleans with literally the least valuable thing you had to move a uh, seventh round pick three years from now, um, and all of a sudden the things look like geniuses doing that because they can be cautious, they can afford to be cautious in a situation and say, okay, Alvin Kamara wins games in December. So let's wait. Let's kind of chill on this a little bit and you know move forward with Mark Ingram. And the Saints could still maintain uh, almost their entire playbook that way because Mark Ingram is so accustomed to what the New Orleans Saints do. Now, you know, there's no sugarcoating the idea that losing Alvin Kamara has a big detrimental effect on your offense. So you still have to be able to have these other skill position players step up and not have repeat performances that we you know particularly from the first half of of this last game against Atlanta. But you also saw those receivers get better throughout the game. The same guys that were dropping passes in the first half came down with a pair of touchdowns, right? So uh, I think you can have the faith, you can have sort of the, the confidence that the system can continue to support the players regardless of who they are. And I think you feel pretty good that they can still find a way to matriculate and, and move the ball. It's not going to be easy, but they have the players available to still be able to create that game plan, right? That's kind of sort of the way that I'm looking at this. So I don't know about if I go full panic button, but certainly, you know, things can quickly go sideways without your most consistent player on the field. 
All right, so look, I think the key for me this Sunday when I look at it, Ross, is simple. The lines have got to play better. I'm not – it's kind of tough to sort of look at, but I almost feel like what we've seen the last – the last two, three years right before Drew is I'm kind of feeling that with Cam. I know he got one at the end of the game, but I, I just don't feel like you're impacting the game like it was. And look, it is what it is. It's father time is getting doubled. I understand that. He used to impact a little bit more back in the day, but the Saints D-line's got to get to Tannehill. You can't let Adrian Peterson look like Derrick Henry. I mean, that's that's right. my that's my key on the defensive end. And the offensive end, I don't care who the quarterback is and who the running back is. If they do what they did to Matt Stafford and the Rams, it's going to be a long Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would agree with both of those things, and I'll add that you know, for for the Saints, pass coverage has to get back to what we've seen you know early on this season. And you know, it's it's been interesting seeing sometimes what feels like a different defense and in home games than we've seen in away games, with the exception, yeah. of course, the Tampa Bay game where they the defense put the game away. So you know, it can go one way or the other. You can always you know cherry pick what you want to what you want to see there, but. When it comes down to it, the Saints defense, if they do exactly as you mentioned and continue to do exactly what you mentioned, which is effectively force Tennessee to be a pass-heavy, uh, one-dimensional team, that is going to be a, a big-time help for them, and they should be able to do that. 3.2 yards per carry allowed so far on, on throughout the season. That's number one in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Saints' run defense is very good, and it got even better when, um, when David Onyemata made his return. Pete Werner has been phenomenal in the run game. Caden Ellis has made some great plays in the run game. So they should be good there. Um, but you have to get pressure on these quarterbacks, and you have to get back to the prowess that you had originally to open up the season in the red zone. Um, Brett Kern's one of the best punters in the NFL, along with young Blake Gilligan. It's going to be a big-time punter battle. But it doesn't mean that the Saints <laughs> might, end up, <laughs> might end up facing some, uh, some long fields here. And so you don't want to give up possessions in – uh, plus territory for Tennessee and give them the opportunity to start in your territory because mm-hmm. then they get to the position to where, yeah, they could be that one-dimensional team, but if they could be efficient in those short yardage situations, those short field situations, then they don't need a lot of yardage to put points on the board. They can just put points on the board, sort of like what we saw with the Saints in the Green Bay game to open up the season. So that's mm-hmm. big for me over on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. And then on the defensive side, it's limiting those big plays. Get back to, you know, you, you give up a couple of big plays here and there, that's fine. But you have to be that sort of bend, don't break defense in that case. But it would rather we would rather see no bend, no break if we can see that. Ross, always a pleasure, man. When you give us a little of your time each and every Thursday, man. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, always a pleasure. Appreciate you having me on, but y'all take care, stay safe. For sure, Ross Jackson. Locked on Saints. I, I didn't mean the sigh relief there. I just, you know, it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. At Ross Jackson knows the way to follow him over on Twitter and Locked On Saints the podcast. Quick break. We come back. Your fantasy football questions already got a couple already on Twitter. You can do so at ESPN Radio NOLA. You can chime in that way, and I'll pass along the questions to Ben. If that, you can call in 800-998-1003, and I'll pass along to him as well. Quick break on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance. But what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. Archie Manning here for Thibodeau Regional. In the Manning household, we're pretty serious about sports. And just like the team at the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, we're also very serious about sports safety. As the region's leader in first comprehensive sports medicine program, they've been in the game longer with certified athletic trainers, fellowship-trained sports medicine physicians, and neuro-sports-trained experts. So play hard, play to win, but play it safe with the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Oh, big talker, ain't it? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. At Benny Heiss is the way to follow Mr. Ben Heisler. Over on Twitter, if you cannot get in your fantasy football questions, gambling and fantasy expert, managing editor for Bedside. It's sir, good afternoon. Thank you for your time as always, sir. I know you're busy. <sighs> Every time you call me sir, it's like yeah. extremely uncomfortable. Like, is it really? Dude, it's a thing of um, yeah, you know, like respect we're like we're. Oh, sorry, please! Like I feel like I feel like I, it's more respectful if you don't call me sir. <laughs> okay. So, so what, what's that? What's that line from The Simpsons where Homer's saying, you know, the only time some I want somebody to call me sir is that when when they're saying, "Sir, you're making a scene." <laughs> that is that is very true. Ah, The Simpsons, man. Um, all right, so. We got a question. Let's just start it right off the top here, and then we'll kind of get into what happens when people are hurt and injured and Cam Newton coming back to the scene, which will be interesting. Um, uh, I think it's Johel Yuzma uh, over on Twitter says he's got two. First off, the Ernest Johnson or Hollywood Brown at a flex position? I love Hollywood Brown tonight. Like, I, I love Lamar Jackson in the passing game. I love Hollywood Brown. Brown has caught 45% of Lamar Jackson's passing touchdowns this mm-hmm. year in an MVP caliber season. The Dolphins have allowed the most 20-plus yard receptions in the NFL. Yeah. Like, they just give up big plays in bunches, and this mm-hmm. feels just like a blow-up game for, for Hollywood. I know that uh, you know they may not have Kareem Hunt, and we're still trying to wait on on the situation with uh, with Nick Chubb and whether or not he'll be able to get on the field. Um, but Patriots defense is still really strong. They clearly know that they want to run the ball. And 
I'm talking myself into Hollywood purely because the matchup just sets up so, so well uh, that I feel like I would rather roll the dice and take the high upside of Hollywood Brown. Okay, so we'll go Hollywood on that one. Question two, Hawkinson or Schultz? Ah, intriguing tight end battle for this week. Uh, I mean, the, the thing about Schultz is that he's been one of the more reliable options. Hawkinson will likely go a little bit deeper for you, possibly get the, a couple more red zone looks. But, but Schultz has been very solid as well. And, uh, again, you're looking at the Cowboys back-to-back weeks with some near touchdown favorites. Um, and the Falcons' defense has been better, um, but I, I think that's a difficult matchup. I know that we saw Cole Komet last week torch the Steelers' defense in the middle of the field at the tight end spot. I, I feel like, for me personally, I'll still lean towards TJ Hawkinson, just because Pittsburgh right now has shown that there's some serious issues there. Um, but I, I think Hawkinson is probably the play that I like most. All right, 800-998-1003 if you'd like to chime in and ask Ben Heisler any and all fantasy football questions here as well. Like, look, when you have a situation like we have here in New Orleans where Alvin Kamara is your offense, now he's banged up, has a knee issue, probably not going to play here or there. I, is that sort of, not even now, but maybe even moving forward, like am I planning not just for this week, Ben, but we're getting closer to playoffs and stuff, am I planning for maybe a week or two uh, or things of that nature? I don't think so, only because – are you talking specifically for, like, a roster to try and figure right. out whether or not you need a week to stay alive or, like, Kamara <sighs> To the point where if he's dealing with the knee now, what if it gets worse? Or, you know, the fact that we're now in week 10, about to go into week 11, he is the offense, so everyone's keying on him. I'm just kind of thinking, like, if I was depending on him, they could be getting me some points – is this now with an injury kind of where I'm like, I may need to be finding something else in that running back room. I think you're okay. I mean, Kamara has been fairly consistent over the mm-hmm. course of his career that I'm not necessarily too worried about the amount of time that he'll miss. Uh, I think the saints are smart. They obviously know that they need him as much as possible. And especially if you're looking at a fantasy schedule down the stretch of the season, uh, you know, the type of weapon that Kamara can be. So I, I'm not necessarily worried. If it starts to become more than a two-week thing, then yeah, it might be time to panic. But uh, hopefully once they brought back on Mark Ingram, you were able to go ahead and handcuff uh, yourself to him if you had Kamara on your roster. If not, um, sit tight. Running backs, there's always going to be guys that are hurt. But I, I think if it's more than a couple weeks, then yes, it's absolutely time to panic and try and make some last-minute deals. There we go. You know, I'm a Cub fan. I like that the word panic with me just kind of seems to go in hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, 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 As a fellow Cub fan, I do, yeah. believe me. Yeah, I am all, I'm very familiar with that word. Michael's chiming in via at ESPN Radio. Noah's got a question for you. Flex standard, Mike Williams or Hollywood Brown? Uh, hard not to love Hollywood Brown. I, I know that Mike Williams just got off to a terrific start at the beginning of the season, and it started to taper off a little bit. There's still a, a nice connection uh, between him and Justin Herbert over the course of the year. Uh, certainly last week, uh, last three weeks, really, five targets, only two receptions against the mm-hmm. Eagles, Patriots, and Ravens. Um, you know, he could still have the blow-up week, but then again, so could Hollywood Brown, and Brown seeing more target, more consistency over the last several weeks. So uh, I'm much more inclined to go with Hollywood Brown this week. All right, easy enough. Thank you for... The question there, I will send that in. All right, uh, to the phone lines we go. Jack, thank you for calling the show, sir. You're on with Ben Heisler. What's up, Jack? Hey, how you doing? Good afternoon, guys. 
Um, look, man, I just have one question. I, I'm, I'm holding OBJ in one of the leagues that I have. Um, of the teams that are rumored to be after him, which one do you think would be the most, would be the best for fantasy, and what do you think would be, would be the worst? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, Good day. Thank you. Best, best for fantasy, probably Green Bay. Uh, Seattle, I think, would also be in heavy consideration. Um, I think worst for fantasy. I listen. I as much as there's been intrigue about Odell coming to the Saints. Like, let me ask you guys: Do you feel like all of a sudden, if Odell Beckham is in this lineup with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill throwing him the football, that he's putting up Odell Beckham-like numbers, or is he just still another guy? Because I think he's still another guy with the newly, you know, sort of reconstructed Saints offense. Right. Well, Ben, I, I guess I start, and it's what I've felt this week. What is or uh, who still is Odell Beckham? I mean, I I know it was kind of ve- you know vogue to show the highlights of the incomplete passes or not throwing it to him that his dad put together, but there were also a lot of balls that he dropped and, and didn't catch. So does he still have that breakaway speed? Um, can he be that guy? I- I'll say this: Taysom Hill twice last year before Michael Thomas got shelved on IR had eleven receptions. He had double digit catches. So. You know, in this offense, while they do spread it around, if, if if you're far and above better than everyone else, that ball is coming your way, man, if that makes sense. No, it actually does. And you bring up a really good point, which is that if he can fill sort of this Michael Thomas-esque role, then mm-hmm. it's a great pickup for New Orleans. Like, if, if you believe that Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer that, that deep threat that can take a, a short, you know, slant and go 80 yards, uh, but still be able to be a solid possession receiver, go over the middle, make some tough contested catches, use those big hands in traffic, uh, and make some plays, then he's a very good fit in New Orleans. I, I just don't know. You know. He's waiting until you know the end of the games on Sunday and Monday to make his decision. Is he going to look at what he sees from New Orleans on the road against Tennessee and think to himself, okay, with either one of these guys throwing me the football, I have a chance to get myself a brand-new deal at the end of the season. I think that's what he's trying to weigh in versus – having a chance to play with Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, so on and so forth, Russell Wilson, to be able to go and make that long-term determination. Yeah. Jack? Okay, I thought he hung up there. All right, awesome. Uh, ben, what can folks find? Obviously, look, you got this game tonight, Dolphins and Ravens, but a, a pretty interesting slate of games also coming up this week. So if I want to go to bed, Saturday, what can you guys give me? <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a couple of games that I'm very Browns Patriots. I, I, yeah, well, Browns Patriots is actually a game that I, I really can't seem to put my finger on because right. you have two very you have two very Jekyll and Hyde teams going up against each other. Like on one hand, you have the Patriots um, who have not been good at home this year. That's always been a calling card for Bill Belichick team since he's been in New England. You have Cleveland, who can look like a top-tier level defense with their pass rush one week, and then I think they gave up a combined 79 points in weeks four and five after that, that nine-sack game against Justin Fields and the Bears. So I, that's a stay away from me. Um, I, I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a big game tonight. I like his over on his passing yards, which is only set at 236.5 at most sports books. I, I think that's a clear over considering that. Uh, both Miami and Baltimore have been a disaster at slowing down the passing. They're both bottom three in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think that's a matchup that I think you could see an over on. I like the Raiders plus three this weekend at home against Kansas City. I got the, the Chiefs offense 
like everyone is sort of pointing to the, the final throw at the end of the game where Mahomes scrambled, found Tyree Kill to be able to close out the Green Bay Packers, who did nothing against them with Jordan Love. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe that Patrick Mahomes has thrown for two touchdowns over his last three games is all of a sudden fixed. Like, there's long-term issues right now with Chiefs. They're still a very talented team, but um, they're only 2-7 and seven against the spread. And the Raiders, that was a team to fade last week. But I, I think coming back home, getting three points at home, a yeah. full three, uh, that, that feels like a really nice play for me this week. And mm-hmm. I actually like New Orleans to, to come back and uh, cover that number on the road to Tennessee. The Titans' offense last week, I think, fooled a lot of people because they actually were not particularly good in yards per play. Um, Matthew Stafford gifted Tennessee 14 points on two interceptions. So I, I think people are looking at the Titans thinking, well, they, they keep continuing to beat everybody as underdogs. Um, I, I think the Saints showed a lot of crit coming back in that game against Atlanta, and they still have a very good defense. I, I think without a Tennessee run game, I, I like New Orleans to not only uh, cover the number of plus three, but I like them to win on the road this week. That's enough reason to follow Ben Heisler on Twitter. Right, Benny Heis is the way to follow H-E-I-S. Uh, sir, as always, appreciate the time for fitting us in, man. We'll talk next week. My, my pleasure, Gus. Be good. For sure. Quick break. We come back to Voice of the LSU Tigers. Chris Blair joins us next on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs> Savings times at Barker Kia, which means you can save on our entire lineup of new Kias. These Kias are packed with value and technology. Best of all, these new Kias come with our famously low Barker Kia price. Take a look at the all new Ultra Sporty 2022 Kia K5, a rebellious design built to rule the road with an 8 inch touchscreen and lane keeping technology that all comes standard. Or drive home in a new 2022 Kia Sorento, the third row 7 CD SUV that comes standard with family favorite features like smartphone integration. And of course, we have to mention the all-new Kia Carnival MPV. The SUV-inspired van has a radical departure from the usual. Now that says it all. So come save during the fall savings time at Barker Kia and get our famously low Barker Kia price. And you know all these new Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. That's Barker Kia and Homer. Or shop online at BarkerKia.com. Come see me, people. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See Kia.com or retailer for details. Experience the history at the Destrahan Plantation Fall event this weekend from 9 till 4. Then shop till you drop with our art and craft vendors. See our authentic 1840 mule barn filled with antique treasures. Enjoy the Cajun Creole food park, children's activities, period craft demonstrations, and live music Saturday featuring Kayla Woodson followed by Ray Foray and Foray Tradition. And Sunday it's Kevin Galage followed by Buckwheat Zydeco. So take a step back into history at the Destrahan Plantation Fall event. 13034 River Road in Destrahan. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. 
Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003 if you'd like to chime into the conversation. We'll try to get voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, here to talk a little about the Tigers not only getting ready to play some football, but also what happened on the hardwood. My goodness, did you um see what took place? 101-39 was the win back on Tuesday. We'll play tomorrow against Texas State at 7 o'clock. And, of course, football-wise, I, I wouldn't say rebound off that effort, but you gave a good effort. It is an emotional game against Alabama. Now you got to come back and take on an Arkansas team that won last week in an emotional game against Mississippi State. Gives them their sixth win. They're going bowling. They're celebrating. They have every bit of confidence that they can beat LSU. So let's see how that goes. Right? Now, one of the things that I do want to catch everybody up on here as well, if you're just joining us, the news so far in the last hour and a half, Cam Newton visited was going to visit the Panthers. He has signed with the Panthers. He will be their quarterback probably next week. I mean, I can't imagine unless he gives it a go on Sunday. But it's uh, it's because, you know, their the starting quarterback, Sam Darnold, is out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. So from that standpoint, you can sort of understand why that's going to be. Uh, we touched on the Saints with their injury report and Alvin Kamara being on there. How much concern is there about that? I Look, you know me, I want to be overly cautious. I mean, overly cautious. And I'm not playing him this week. Mild knee sprain per Nick Underhill of New Orleans dot football. I know many Saints fans are on the OBJ watch. When will he make his decision? All the pitches have been made. The coaches have called. The players have spoken. I mean, literally yesterday, pick a player, any player. I played earlier, Mark Quez Calloway talking about OBJ, Demario Davis of your New Orleans Saints. Uh, that was, um, he, he, uh, I never played with him as a teammate, I should say. Um, but you know, it's, (laughs) he's been one of the most dynamic receivers in the league, you know, and I don't know any player on any team that don't want to play with other great players. And so, um, but I trust our organization. They do, uh, you know, what they feel is best for our team. I know they're going to do that. And they, they always put us in position to win. And so I trust them above anything, but. I guess in in short, you know, I, I I love to play with other great players, and he is certainly a great player. We know the Packers are a team that offered a contract for the league minimum. Devontae Park, Devontae Adams, excuse me, earlier this morning was was speaking with um, with local reporters, or this was yesterday. Sorry, this was yesterday, and he had this to say. I mean, he had one catch, like six yards, in his last game. So I can guarantee you, we can get him more than that over here. So. Uh, as long as he's good with two catches, 12 yards, we should be straight. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, because Devontae Adam is the number one receiver over there. I like that. He's saying that in jest, but at the same time, look, uh, you know, it's Hill and Kelsey and KC. Adams is their guy there. New Orleans, you can walk in and be your guy. We play with Callaway, had to say. But, you know, again, that's what is it that he wants to do. Now, on Fridays... We, um, I, I'm on Scott Prather's show in the morning and sometimes we record on Thursday. We chatted today about what we're going to be talking about. 
from ESPN 1420 comes on our show at 1230 on Wednesday. He knows somebody very, 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 very close to the situation. And he told me this morning, Monday, is when OBJ plans on making his decision. Whether it's enjoying this, whether it's taking everything into consideration, whatever. Diana Rossini two hours ago tweeted, there are teams who are talking to Odell Beckham Jr. that believe the free agent wide receiver will wait until the games are completed on Sunday before making his final decision per league sources. There's a lot to factor in, right? If you're him, first and foremost, I'm assuming you're thinking, is this a one-year deal or a multi-year deal? Everyone likes their money. Do you want your money now? How much money can you get right now? You're not going to get a ton of money week 11. Not many teams can offer that, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. The Packers are a very good football team. You have a very good quarterback. You have another fellow good receiver. You're going to get single coverage probably. Um, They offered you the, veter- the veteran minimum. Saints don't have that much money. Again, if your criteria is winning team, playoff contender, good quarterback. There are not very many that have a lot of cash on hand, right? So it seems to me like it you would be leaning towards a one-year deal. Go prove you're not this cancer. Go prove you can still catch it. Go do that, and then you literally are going to have to keep your phone charged by the amount of people that call you in the offseason. Because he'll be a free agent. But don't you already kind of maybe sort of know this? I mean, you you don't put the wheels in motion, do you? Last week. Of being asked to be sent home or whatever. The reason you got sent home from practice and telling the organization, I'm just not about it. And I just, whatever. I mean, your dad doesn't put the video out there. If you haven't already thought of where you would like to go, you, these these guys think it through. His representation knew that at $7 million, no one's putting in a claim. Now, the Patriots are hot after. Packers, we know that. Seattle, apparently Russell Wilson made a call, just like Sean Payton did. So he has options. My point is, you know already, don't you? I mean, is, do you, do you have to? Now, look, I'm not saying I need an answer now. Give me an answer now. Do whatever. But I, I just wonder how much of this is enjoying that or do, does he legitimately have to think what is the next best move and step? And I have a hard time believing you haven't thought about it. I mean, are you really waiting to see who wins Sunday? I, I just, I'm just trying to understand the, the process as to what, what, What are you waiting for? And the only reason I'm even bringing this up is because the sooner you get to that team, the sooner you can know their playbook. You understand what I'm getting at? Like, if I'm him, I want to get to my new team as soon as possible, learn the playbook, actually be on on the field Sunday with them. I'll meet you there. I, I want to start to build a relationship with the teammates. I want to see how they act on the field. Like, I, me, me. I would want to be immersed as quickly as possible. Why are we waiting till Monday? Maybe I'm wrong on this. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I have to imagine the wheels of emotion have been put 
last week or the beginning of this week, you knew this was going to be the end result last week, rather. I'm sorry. You've had two weeks. Last week, you did everything you needed to to get out. You got out. Waivers Monday. No one claimed you Tuesday. Out there yesterday, getting all the pitches. It's now Thursday. Why are we waiting to Monday? It just, it's little things like that to make me leery. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm overstepping, overreacting. Maybe going, Gus, you're making way too much of a deal out of this. I, I, I hear you. I'm just, you, you have to have thought about where you're going, huh? It's sort of like when you date somebody, you know, you, you know, you, you know, it's a good fit with you and you know already. You know. You know if this is going to work long term, you know if it's not going to work long term. And all I'm saying is you can say there's, there's this and there's that way. To me, this is a one-year deal if you're him. This is a one-year deal if you're him, right? So you can get the most money, and you can get the most leverage. Next year, you put teams against one another. You find out where the quarterbacks are going to be. I call it the next Saints quarterback bowl coming up later on Sunday. Packers in Seattle are playing. <laughs> so that's just me. Anyway, quick break. We come back hour number two. Open phone lines, the first two segments. Pels fans, I want to hear from you. Willie Green was upset. I'll play some of that sound again. I'll play some Saints sound. Don't go anywhere. It's Sportango over in ESPN New Orleans. Oh, watch out for that dragon is gone. 